Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome back to this conversation about we are each unique and innately worthy respect. I am Kim Dean, host of Currents, the Big Ocean Women's Podcast, and we have some amazing hosts or guest hosts with us today. Um, let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Lisa, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I am, I've been married for almost 23 years, and I have four children. I've been with Big Ocean eight years. I'm currently the director of the communications committee. Um, I feel very blessed to work with some very talented authors and content producers. And I really just love being in big ocean and associating with powerful women. Lisa says I am currently, because when you're part of big ocean, it's kind of like running a home. You, <clears throat> you jump from hat to hat and you're always just trying to make things work. And Lisa, we really appreciate it. Lisa is the large producer of kind of this podcast on the back end, and it has been such, you've been such an incredible person to have on this team, and thank you, Lisa. And the other person we have with us today is Margot Watson. Margot, go ahead and introduce yourself. Woohoo! Yes, I'm Margot Watson. I've been with Big Ocean a little over about a year, maybe two years, um, not counting 2020, because who knew what was going on that year. But um, yeah, I work, I'm the director of marketing, and my my objective, my goal, my dream is to make sure that more people know about this incredible organization and how um, women of light can make a difference worldwide. And so um, my goal is to get totally infiltrated in all the tenants and all the wonderful organization of women that I'm very fortunate to work with and to spread their light knowledge through other mediums. And so I will be working closely with Lisa um, so we'll be using social media. I hope to be working in bringing other uh, businesses to our our venue and getting to know us better and hopefully sponsoring us, uh, doing more fundraising, getting more people excited to be a participant in um, our overall philosophy of the, the world is worth saving and it will be led by strong, powerful women who believe in faith, family, and motherhood. So I'm very honored to be part of the, the team. Margo, we're so excited that you're here and we love the energy <laughs> you bring to this show um, and to the organization. So thank you for joining us for this conversation. Let's go ahead and just jump in. One of, I guess I'm going to be selfish and ask the first question because, you know, it's been on my mind since having a conversation with Valerie Hudson. Listeners, if you haven't had a chance to go listen to, go ahead and jump back in. Valerie Hudson does an amazing job at covering some of the social history and ills and struggles that women have faced um, and are currently facing. Fabulous conversation. Go ahead and check it out. But off that conversation, one of the thoughts that I've, the reoccurring thoughts that I've had is this world has not always been an ideal place for women or for children. But at Big Ocean, we do believe that we are each unique and innately worthy of respect. Having two young daughters, I envision a world where that tenant rings true where that is the reality for this, for our society and for our globe. 
In which ways, women, have you seen the big ocean women tenants be able to shape people in social situations to where that tenant is brought into reality? And in what ways do you think we can use the tenants of big ocean women to continue projecting that reality into the world until it truly is the global reality? One of them, I'll just jump in. One of the tenants I just really um, adore is we are empowered. It's number five. We are empowered by our feminine nature and biology, and we honor our procreative power. The reason why I love that one is because, <clears throat> well, at the UN, which we're going to be going to in, in a couple of weeks, they're trying to minimize that. They're trying to minimize women, men, children, family, God, anything that allows us to remember who we are as divine people and the, and also remember that through that power, through this divine gift that we're given, um, that we can overcome everything. I don't know if you, are, I know you're a big nature um, freak, I guess, because you live in Alaska, Kim. <laughs> but if you I go into the wilderness, definitely you will take that title. Yes, I love the outdoors. And if you go outdoors, you will notice that mothers, mother bears uh, and other mothers protect their children to their own death, sometimes to their own detriment. But they are there protecting them, protecting their herd, protecting the, the tribe, protecting mothers when they understand their power, when they understand their divine nature, when they recognize the gifts that they are given by God. And uh, they, they'll do anything to make sure that their children, their family, those they love are protected and cared for and fed and nurtured and even at their own expense. So I love that one because it remind, reminds me at a gut level that there's so much more to me. And I resent um, uh, society or politics, which is really where it's at, telling me that I'm less than who I am. Because if I will step back and remember that and get in touch with that core belief Nobody is going to stand in the way of this mother bear. You know what I'm saying? I will make sure that my children, my grandchildren, that, that, that they will have a life, that they will have a future. And that's one reason why I'm so passionate about the tenants and the uh, mission of Big Ocean Women. If we can tell all the women in the world that they are more and not to believe this rhetoric, to remember who they are, they will fight for it and they will not give that step back. I love that. I I definitely identify as a mama bear and I call my little girls. They're my cubs <laughs> at the playground. I'm like, cubs, come on. Hey, cubs. Hey, no cubs. One of the things that I love about mother bears is that they are both fiercely protective and they demand an independence of their children. Like they give them space. They give them that uniqueness of that little cub and encourage that uniqueness within that cub, which really creates strong bear populations. And so yeah. I love that example. It totally resonates with me. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's so true when women can truly understand that innate, that innate power that comes from within them, that intergenerational power that comes in families and family units, they are unstoppable. Like you cannot stop a mother and there is not a stronger force in this world, political, social, or otherwise that could truly defend the family unit that could truly lift up society than that of a challenged mother. So I love that, Margo. Any thoughts, Lisa? As mothers, I feel like we have a lot of pressure that we carry to be perfect or to do everything just right. And then if we make a mistake, then we worry that we've messed everything up, you know? And um, 
I just, I feel like right now in society, there's a lot of criticism from people, grown people, famous people about their mothers and what they did when they were raising them. And I actually saw um, a short clip of an interview with um, Pink, the artist, right? And she said that she really appreciates her mother and everything that she did. And I feel like there's a lot of tendency to, to blame our mothers for everything. But I loved how she pointed out that there's a lot of growth that we are all always doing. And as a parent, I know that, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that I have grown a lot from when I started having children. And I feel like we need to have a lot of forgiveness and grace for ourselves and for our mothers and to be able to share that hope that, you know, even if mistakes are made, um, restitution can also be made and forgiveness can happen and grace can happen. Um, something that we talk about, we start every meeting for the communications team with our own little mantra is to be real, be beautiful and bring light. Like we have to talk about things as they really are, but then we can always look for the positive and the hope in that realness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that thought. One of the other things that one of the other tenets that often comes to my mind when I think about how do we create a world where we're each unique and our worth is valued and seen, that innate value. And the tenet that always comes to me is our interdependence with the masculine. You know, we value the irreplaceable role of fathers and build interdependent roles with men. And there's power in the masculine and the feminine coming together. And those energies, those energies of creation that occur. It is in those lines that I've seen them when men truly become feminist, that, that amazing things happen in the home. When women can honor the masculine and when the masculine can honor the feminine, like there is power that resides in that, in that relationship. There's power that permeates from that relationship that empowers and emboldens those that are surrounded by that power and that love. And I've seen that in children over and over again. And I've seen that in my own life. And maybe that's, you know, my husband is always lifting up the feminine. I, I think I reciprocate that in the fact that I lift him up. I see value in the masculine. He's been gone for a little bit doing some work trips. And I called him one day and I said, I just need your patriarchal structure back in the home because I want to be the chaotic <laughs> energy. Like, can I just go play with my children and you can hold the fort down in that masculine patriarchal structure, which for a long time has been extremely oppressive in situations and can be oppressive. But in a beautiful balance of interdependence, it's amazing structure. Exactly. There are some things that men do that, that we cannot do. And it doesn't matter what any, any political action group tries to tell you. Men are different and they're given different gifts and strengths and powers that I don't possess. I'm so grateful for that. And there's things I can do they can't. But when we come together, then we, we have a complete a complete set of skills that we can help our children and help help guide them as they try to win their way through who they are. And when that is when that is absent, there is a huge void in a child's development. Oh, absolutely. That both with both of us, we can do more. I think would be such so much of a healthier society. Oh, absolutely. I, I can speak from personal experience. Uh, when my children were. Uh, 15, 13, 11, and 8. My husband died suddenly of a heart attack. We talked to him at <clears throat> on Tuesday, a Tuesday at 510. He said, can you pick up the kids? I'm, I'm here at home just finishing up a 
conference call. So I went and picked up all the kids, you know, wherever they were in dance, gymnastics, ball, I mean, uh, basketball, brought all the kids home with food. And my daughter ran in and um, said, mommy, mommy, something's wrong with dad. And so I went running in and he had fallen and he's at the bottom of the stairs in a big clump. And, um, and uh, so I, I told her to go out to the car. I called 911. I called my mother-in-law to come and get the kids. And I'm down there doing CPR on him, trying to resuscitate him. And um, and I'll tell you, um, I was really supported from the Almighty um, during that time because I had to raise four children alone. And it is so interesting. I had to go into more of a, I don't know what you call it, but a tough love mom. It was very hard to be tender and loving all the time when you have to think about literal survival. And we missed him so much. When you don't have that father image, that protective nature there, the kids the kids feel it, and particularly the young boys. Mm-hmm. They just miss that so much. And for society Absolutely. to denigrate that, I tell you, I speak from personal experience that it is a huge loss. And I tried to get male mentors, but there's nothing that can replace a father. Right. Absolutely, Margo. I love that we can talk about the power of that patriarchal structure, the power of the masculine, the power of the interplay between the masculine and the feminine. Um, while also right having an episode where that masculine, that patriarchal, that smashing power um, that can be destructive. And I think that's, that is what we covered in last week's episode is that ma- that overplay of the masculine power that creates imbalance in the relationship. Yeah, a lot of young boys were taught that that they aren't allowed to be um, sensitive or cry or be, yeah. and yet those th- those talents g- exist in young men if they're recognized and applauded. Absolutely, I think they're also being told they can't be powerful and protective even, but I think there's also power. Um, in being a physical force as a man, I will stand up for faith. I will stand up for my women. I will defend my children. Yeah. Like we need those powerful masculine men that can also have the dichotomy within themselves of, you know, I could rip you apart, but I would never hurt a hair on your head. You know, I love you so much. And we're seeing that with Valerie Hudson, like the porn epidemic that she covered it is horrific what's creating the dysfunction within the interplay of the masculine and the feminine and the social consequences of that. And well, that's all the media telling men that all you are is a sexual thing rather than a tender, powerful, capable thing that can protect society. That is, that is the media. That's the video games. You know, there's so many things that we don't have a lot of really great male mentors, unfortunately. And I think I, I would disagree with that. I think we have amazing male mentors that are pushed down to the bottom of social media feeds because they're being present in their home. They just aren't placed on these pedestals of social recognition because they don't care. Yeah. I'm like, they don't care. Like they don't care. These type of men, they don't care about social plot. Like they are busy in the home helping the family or in their communities, lifting the communities up around them. Um, and I think, that is why that belief of we are we value the irreplaceable roles of fathers and build interdependent relationships with men is so valuable in addressing that uniqueness and that innate worth of people is to achieve true empowerment. We need our men on board. I love that saying that um, behind every great man, there's a great woman. 
But I also believe behind every great woman, there's a man supporting her and saying, you can do this. You can keep going on. I'm, I, I've got your back. And um, a lot of really great couples, if you look, in them, look at them, uh, they have that interplay. They respect each other. Mm. They respect their, their gifts, their talents, their uniqueness. I, I just want to bring up one thing that um, goes along with that, what you're saying about respect and um, recognizing and acknowledging people for who they are, whether it's male, female, Asian, uh, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Um, C.S. Lewis said this wonderful quote, and maybe you've heard it before, but I, I, I read this all the time. It is this, if you don't mind me reading it, it says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses to remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature whom, if you saw it now, you'd be strongly tempted to worship. All day long, we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should, should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have ne never talked to a mere mortal. And I just think that I think about that. We are not mere mortals. We are people, we are spiritual people having a mortal experience. And we need to regard each other that way. And if we did, we'd spend our life uplifting each other and supporting each other through challenges, helping each other up these, these um, difficult mountain roads that we all have to go through to, to um, refine who we are. Because if everything's easy, then we become, we become lazy and slothful and but when there's a challenge, we become more refined, you know? And so it's when we have people helping you through the airport, when we have people saying, I've got your back, I'll be there. Sunday, I'm bringing food. Um, how can I help send sewing machines to Africa? When we think of the divine nature of people and respect that and help them get through those tough times, they're empowered then to pay it forward. And Absolutely. that's what I'm about. That's why I love Big Ocean Women, because we are so about that. We are so about respecting people where they are and then empowering them, lifting them up, reminding them, telling them, you know, we've got you. We, we think you're amazing. We're going to be there for you. What do you need? How can we help you? And that is, it doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter nationality. It doesn't matter educational. We are there to begin and help that, help push you forward, move you forward, help you, whatever that is that, that you need. I love that we help women to see that they already have that, that they don't need mm -hmm. some exterior force, um, some accomplishment, some person to give them permission to be the wonderful person that they already are, that it's already innately part of them just because they are a human being, just because they are their unique and invaluable person. Everybody is unique. Everybody has a role to play. And when a woman can recognize that in herself, there's, it's like a light goes on, mm -hmm. you know, like, Absolutely. I, I don't know, personally, I, I felt for years that, oh, I didn't accomplish this. I didn't accomplish that. I don't have this credential. So maybe I don't have much to contribute. Um, I, I feel like being part of Big Ocean Women has really helped me to recognize it in myself. And I want to help other people feel that way too. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to know that they are worthy of respect. And I feel like one of the ways that we can 
feel that in ourselves is by showing that to other people. The more I show love to other people, the more I can love myself. The more I respect oh, yeah. other people, the more I can respect myself. That's power. That's so powerful. I just think so much, Lisa, about the beginning of the founding or the founding of Big Ocean Women. Um, we were all of these people that, for whatever reason, divinity brought together and said, you know, I see in you something. And I think we spoke that into each other enough and frequently enough and gave each other grace enough in that early stages where what we were hoping to achieve had like what we're seeing now where big ocean women truly is the global force that it is where we truly are the number one voice for faith, family and motherhood and maternal feminism. You know, we spoke that into each other over and over and over again until this was created. And then look what's happened from that. And I know I've often said in my own stages and phases that, you know, big ocean has changed me more than I've ever contributed back. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. It, it, affected, it affected me as a person, as a true individual. And I feel like I've always been a fairly empowered fem like female. It's really like changed who I am as an individual. It's given me power as an individual, like as Kim, which has allowed me to empower my relationship with my husband and create equality in that relationship that has blessed our family in ways that I never could have envisioned. Like I, we both come from amazing homes. We have amazing parents, but I would say that the interdependence between Ellen and I, because of my role in big ocean women and almost at times mm -hmm. demanding that, like I am going to sit at this table. I am going to speak up. I am, I am not your queen. I am your warrior queen that will, or warrior king that will sit beside you. <laughs> There was a beautiful movie called The Woman King. It just came out. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, I am your no. I am your warrior, your woman king. Like I will stand mm -hmm. next to you. And I will support you in whatever angles you need, but like you better understand that I will stand beside you, not behind you and not mm -hmm. in front of you, but beside you. And he has done the same thing. There's 10 times that he has demanded that I step up. Um I've demanded that he stepped up. But the interplay of that has created a life that I never thought was possible. And Aww. that has come from those tenants of big ocean women. It has come from me knowing who I am as an individual, as a female, as a mother, as a wife, as a member of society and saying, now I know, now I will act. I am going to choose to be that person over and over and over I again. That. I right. love that you said choice. Well, and we do have a choice. And I feel like the words that we speak are so powerful. As we continue to speak the truth, then it, it magnifies itself. It also works the other way, though. As we tear ourselves down, as we tear other people down, then that becomes that reality. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, Big Ocean Women looks at what's going on in the world. And then we, we speak hope and we speak truth and we speak light with our, our reframing um, instead of just complaining, okay, what can we do about this? How can we turn this to be a positive thing? It's so important to remember that our words have power. Oh, words are so powerful. And choice, like regardless of what circumstance you are, you're at in life, there is a choice there. Um, we are free to choose and willingly accept responsibility for our choices is another tenant. Yeah. Um, and that like, I am fully aware that we're not always free to choose every option we wish we had on the table. Like that, that's reality. That is life. Um, but you do have a choice and I, I'm starting to realize, and I'm going to, 
this is probably going to be one of the themes of my life. You choose what you want to be and who you want to be and how you want to show up. So that kind of language is what um, young women need to hear, even young men growing up, that they don't have to buy into the rhetoric that they're hearing, that they need to just choose how they want to show themselves. I love this quote. It says, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. So if we can reprogram. Ooh, that's good. And in our, our youth, in, our, in, in women who have never been validated, you know, you don't have to give up your power. Why are you doing that? You are, you, you have it inside of you. And you can do, I, there's another quote that, by a woman named Amal. When a woman knows her rights, how to use them, and how to advocate for her rights, she is stronger. She's not militant. Boom. I don't believe in that. Boom. I don't yeah. believe in militant feminism. No. I believe that being a woman is... It encaptured in kindness, um, charity, support, um, clarity, uh, compassion, all those things so that to empower others to be all they can be. But as a mother bear and as women, powerful. We know right. what we have. We know what our yeah. rights are. We know what the world we're going to create for our children. And by golly, that will happen. And I will be unapologetically loving but clear with what that expectation is clear with the reality that we're going to create clear with the reality of my home. These are the things that we do accept. These are the things that we don't accept. We Mm -hmm. do not, we do not accept the subjugation and the abuse of women, children, or those of other mitigated classes. Um, Big ocean women, like as we've talked about over and over again, we believe in the dichotomy of the masculine and the feminine and the interplay between those two. We also realize that we live in 2023. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of those things. And one of the things that Big Ocean Women has done very well, as we have also said in those places, we love you and we connect with whoever, whatever individual. Some of our best friends have been in those intersex communities and some of our biggest allies. And it's because even with this very strong matriarchal, patriarchal view on the world and the hope that we have in our homes, there's an acknowledgement that every single individual is unique and worthy of respect. And that is very ground foundation of everything big ocean women does. We will love, but we will demand that we also have our own privacy. We will demand equality for all, but also will not negate the progress we have made as females in the realm of feminism. Maternal feminism. Maternal feminism. Maternal feminism in the sense of the true definition of feminism is the the social equality and the political equality of men and women. It has been co-opted to believe all sorts of things, but I am done leading into the rhetoric. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been distorted. But feminism, like I am a feminist. I believe in the social empowerment and the political empowerment of females. I want women sitting at the tables where decisions are made. Because I believe in the interdependence of men and women. And decisions are made in those situations. They're more powerful. They're more long-lasting. And they have intergenerational views that when women or men, independent of each other, make those decisions. But we value all of that while also demanding a better future for ourselves and for our children and for this world. And I love that about Big Ocean. I love that we can sit in that tension of what that is as an organization. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, 
another, I'm full of quotes today because this is right up my alley. I used to do, I used to do speaking um, at a bunch of women's conferences and, and unfortunately in our ability to uh, be women and be sensitive and, and, and tender and love. Sometimes we really downplay our worth and, and minimize and criticize ourselves. We got this negative diatribe going in our mind, like you were talking about, Lisa, um, that somehow being humble or self-deprecating, you know, that that's, that that's what's being, that's what it means to be feminine. And no, no, it, that that's actually all. sets us up. Yeah. To be uh, too vulnerable and, and to be taken advantage of. So I really, really appreciate this quote, if you don't mind me using it again. No, please, please, please. If I can't say it as well, I just would rather read it from somebody else. Marianne Williamson, our Mm. deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others, other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I read this daily because it is such an intrinsic thing. You, we as women need to replace any negative thoughts and all the, the uh, compartmentalizing that occurs in media about what women or what a woman is and remember our divine worth and what innately we are supposed to be doing. Recognize our light, our power, and once we do that, we liberate ourselves to liberate others and empower them to be their best selves. I think that is the best quote to end on, Margot. That is exactly what it is. We are each unique and innately worthy respect as all tenants of Big Ocean that starts from within, first and foremost. And as that goes from within, that radiates into our outer circles, hopefully first into our homes, into those that are closest with us. As a community, as a wave, women achieving vast empowerment together, coming together and empowering each other that then empowers the community. And mm-hmm. that is why the world will be a better place. Amen. That is the hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. Regardless of all historical fact, regardless of all political studies of whatever whatever systems have been placed before us, like there is power in the individual and, and, and that will be recognized. And it is divine, mm-hmm. Margot, as you've said. Thank you for joining us today, Marco, Lisa. You guys have been fabulous. We'll definitely have you back on. Feel free to connect with them on social media. I know they're both on social media. Margo, you more than a little. Lisa is on social media all the time, but usually as the face of Big Ocean. So connect with Lisa by liking all of our Instagram, social media accounts, Facebook. Um, We're trying to get Twitter up and going. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post, 
Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.